Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. Welcome back to the Building Great Sales Teams podcast. In this episode, we are bringing the conclusion of the panel podcast from the Growth Encounter Conference this past weekend. Let's jump back into it. All right, guys. Um, this one's a little more... Well, no, no, no. Okay, so pain points, right? We all have them in our business. Uh, let's talk about a recent pain point that y'all have had in your business and you've had to kind of overcome and, and, and how you overcame it. And we'll start back on this end with Austin. All right, so one of my my big pain pain points um, across all my businesses, you know, and and uh, not to shout out Keith or anything, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm shouting you out. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know what I didn't know, right? Um, and one of the big recent ones was like I had an idea about my numbers, but I didn't really know. Like I had an idea of what it takes to keep our company operational, but I didn't know down to the cent what it took. Um, and you know, we've been working with Keith and we have dialed in our numbers and over the, I made a post in apex the other day, but like, I think we've, we've, uh, gotten rid of $4,000 worth a month of unnecessary expenses. Um, and like a big, uh, one of the big, yeah, give us examples. Cause yeah. So like a big item. So like for the longest time I've been renting a, a, a warehouse forklift, you know, and dumb me, I, I probably should have done my research on it, but I could have just went and bought one. And so I was paying like 1700 a month for this warehouse forklift. Uh, I found a brand new one for 30 grand and bought it and it's cost me 500 a month. You know, um, there was another deal where we, um, uh, I had, I had a skid steer that I bought for $112,000 that we used for about a year. We used it on some jobs. Yeah. It saved us some rentals. So we made up some money on it. Um, but we, it got to a point where we weren't using it very much and that was, uh, it's $1,600 a month. And so was it really, were we really using it that much to pay that much? Right. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I ended up selling it and sold it for a hundred grand. And, you know, I, I only owed like 87 on it. So I made like 13 grand on it plus whatever rental I made up when I was using it on jobs. Uh, so I cut that out, I cut out an unnecessary truck that was like too nice to be a work truck. Uh, and we're going to scale back to using like an actual just work truck, not right. a, a $70,000 truck, <laughs> you know? Um, and then same thing, like, um, my, I had some commercial property, uh, on, on a major highway. Um, and we ended up, you know, I, I bought it about a year ago. I purchased it for one fifty, and we got a full asking price of four twenty five on it. And so it's just, he I was got, bragging about that commercial property for a while. Since man, I met him, he went and showed it to me and everything. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I wanted so bad to like, you know, and I even said something in Apex, not like a two months ago, I was like, I want this to be my place one day. And like, I had this whole dream about what I wanted to do with it. But <laughs> Keith comes in five minutes Keith, later, we're Keith selling comes it. In, <laughs> it's like, Austin, we need to hone in on what you're doing right here. Right. We can always go buy land again somewhere else. Let's mm -hmm. let's while land values are the way you are like take that money that you're going to make off of it and let's go invest it into a tool that can make your business, your, your business, that's your primary revenue generating, you know, business. And let's make that where it can scale even more. Yeah. And then when you get to a point, then you can go buy land. It's, it's like, uh, Zach was talking about his talk today. Focus. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got all these little things going on. Cause like a commercial property mm -hmm. out here that I'm eventually going to use, Yeah, but how could I use that money t towards my focus? Whatever right. it is at that, at right. that given time. I remember when we blew up, I, I loved spending money on the business. You know, most people like buy all this cool shit for themselves. No, I spent it on the business and it, I didn't realize it was a bad thing. So you, you think I'm putting it back in the business. I'm going to get it back tenfold. That's how it works, right? It's just yeah. cool shit for the business. Yeah, yeah it's just it's cool shit for, for you. the business. <laughs> Dude. It's a write-off. Now, right? now, now, granted, we had 13 offices. We had hundred and over 100 people drinking coffee, but we were spending $1,000 a month on coffee. Yeah. We had K-Cups. And so we switched from K-Cups to a regular coffee maker because everybody freaking, all the sales, this monster wasn't that big yet. And all the salespeople drink coffee. And then we started spending like 
a hundred bucks a month yeah. on coffee and we yeah. saved $900 a month, just like that from actually looking at the expenses. Mm -hmm. But I had to put my, you know, financial hat on, which I don't put on very often yeah. <laughs> to do that. You know what I mean? So we, that's huge. We did that same thing. We were buying Alani's. We were stocking our refrigerators with Alani's, you know, and those are like four bucks a piece. I mean, yeah. by the time you add it up, we were spending like 10 grand a year just in like, drinks and you know and stuff make your like own that. custom energy drink a dollar a piece <laughs> yes <laughs> I, I gotta get approval from <laughs> keith first and, but you know we so we hired keith and he's helped us with that but then uh, two other pain points that we were really having to was like you know my wife and i my wife's the owner of the company uh just for government reasons you know women-owned business sure. thing. and yeah <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it was our employees were playing that whole mom and dad role so if they couldn't oh, get yeah, it from mom fun. they'd go to dad if they didn't get from dad they'd go to mom and so we hired jeff brecken with hr uh yeah. iconic iconic hr so we got fractional hr we got Keith in place, and then, um, you know, we've got a couple other things that we're doing. We're about to revamp our entire software and everything like that. So, mm -hmm. we've, I think within the last three months and through the end of the year, we'll, we'll have spent about a hundred grand, you know, revamping our entire organization mm -hmm. just to focus in and hone on and make that perfect. Yeah, just you got to make sure it comes out the other end, right? And uh, that's one of the things that, well, and that's what he's Keith helping us make with. sure. Yeah, he'll make sure. You know, that's the big deal. I, at the beginning of this year, I went, I went crazy in Apex. I was like, oh, you're the expert on this. Let me hire you. You're the expert on this. Let me hire you. <laughs> yeah. And all of a sudden I looked at my financials and I was like, what the fuck did I do? This is too much. You know what I mean? Like I went, I went a little too hard. So I had to kind of scale back, tell a few people, Hey, we don't need this yet. We're not that big yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, that's what I ran into, but what do you got, Chris? I did the same thing, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so easy. So I'm a ghost so you can take this book, off my plate. Podcast, startup yeah. company, like, which they're still waiting for me and they get it. We're busy. We're all busy, but mm -hmm. I feel guilty. I'm like, I hired you. And then I didn't even I didn't pull the trigger all the way, like mm -hmm. half pull. They already spent that money. By the time you come to get your services, they're going to be like, oh, well, we already spent that money. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, they're good dudes. They'll, they'll, yeah, they'll fall through. I yeah, of course. Um, but my, uh, my biggest problem that we've overcome so far recently, um, I didn't understand the true value of getting a personality test and having your people personality tested. Didn't understand it. Um, but when my, one of my coaches came in and he took the test and he showed me his results and then I took the test and I saw my results and there's a description of who you are as a person sitting there in front of you and who he is. And, um, it's like, dude, I totally get it now. Like, I got to talk to you this way instead of that way. Like the way that I talk to myself, like I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an excellent leader is what I learned, mm -hmm. but I'm a terrible manager. Yeah. So I immediately Most hired a manager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I immediately hired a manager. Yeah. Right. Right away. And then him, like, um, my girlfriend, he, he might watch this. So I gotta be sensitive to what I say here. Like, it's not a bad thing in to him at all, but, um, it's just the way that he approaches certain, um, maybe like the way that he approaches his role in, in the company is, you know, he needs more direction. He needs mm -hmm. uh, more hand holding up front and, right. then, and then he can take off and he can execute and, and he needs to know what level of urgency there is because he, he doesn't prioritize important things. He prioritizes urgent things. And I'm not just saying this stuff. It literally says this in his description. Mm -hmm. he, it says he's not a team player, you know, but he's the guy that you can go to in, in a scenario where it's like, get it done now. It has to be done by tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So had I known all this stuff, like I would have probably placed him in a different position right away. Or maybe I wouldn't have hired him right away because he doesn't fill the role that we need at that moment, at the moment. Right. But these personality tests, um, they told me a lot about myself and a lot about these people. And my girlfriend, she's a coach on the team too. She's like, how, how can you like not get frustrated with some of these conversations? I'm like, I know their personalities. I get yeah. it now. I know how to talk to them. It's still frustrating regardless. Cause you want people to be like you, but they're never going to be mm -hmm. right. So no, what, what personality test is it? Is it disc Myers Briggs? No, I think it's called a, what is the one? It's a two letter one. It's a IS or IP. I'll have to look it up. It's what's that? No, Colby a there's, there's one that's, that's they're actually based here in like right outside of Dallas. I'll have to look it up, mm -hmm. but it's like, it's a big one. It's like, um, 
like a lot of big portion yeah, we'll, companies. We'll, we'll figure it out and we'll put it in the yeah, show notes. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that, that's huge. Uh, we just started recruiting using disc tests. I, I mentioned it. And one of the things I forgot to mention is we disc tested our whole sales team and our top performers scored in a certain quadrant of the disc test. And so when we get applicants come in we have one of them that's in that quadrant, we're on them like, you know, please on a dog. You know what I mean? We're like, we need to get them because they, they hit that disc profile perfectly. So it creates the standard for your hires now. You know, what's really cool about it too, is it does some of the tests tell you exactly like, like if you look at like a, like a parabola, like a chart that goes like a hill, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if people can see this, but think about like a hill on the left side, you're at the bottom of the hill. Then as you get towards the middle of the chart, you're at the top and then it tapers off again, right? Somewhere in that range on that hill is a job description that fits you best, right? So for me, I'm on the far right side of the hill because I'm a driver, I'm a visionary, I'm trying to be the one like really pushing the business in its future direction. But I had to be a coach for a while for my clients, yeah, right? When I was absolutely. a one-man show. And that's on the left side of the hill, mm-hmm. right? A coach is on the left side of the hill. You have to have empathy, you have to pour into people, be you know, passionate in your response, which I was, um, but it's on the other side of where I'm supposed to be. So literally I realized why I hated my job so much at the time, which I thought I was going to love. I didn't hate it. It just was draining after four hours is because I was climbing up the hill to the other side to do a task and then all the way back over to where I was supposed to be and then up again and back over. And what I could do in three hours that would drain me, my coaches can do all day long and not have any mental fatigue. Yeah. And probably more effectively. Way, way more effectively. Yeah. So much better than me at it. So that, that test tells you that hill? Yeah, it tells you like it it tells you basically um on the curve, depending on what your ratings are, where you should be like let's just say the right side is a driver and the the left side is an introvert. I don't know what it is, but let's just say those are two extreme opposites. Mm-hmm. You fall somewhere on the spectrum with what your results are. And if you're supposed to do an introvert's job, but you're a driver, mental fatigue is going to go through the roof like rapidly. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. It's funny. Cause, uh, you know, what's similar to that is the visionary. You said visionary, the other side of the spectrum is the integrator, right? And what I found out a couple of months ago is the integrator, yes, they're a systems person, they're numbers driven, they they operate systems well, but more than anything, they're coaches. Yeah. They're, and then the way it was explained to me is like, I'm the president of the team and they're the coach on the field. And uh, I didn't think that my VP of sales and my partner, Wayne Skinner, was an integrator until I heard that and I'm like, Oh shit. He's like the best integrator I know then, you know what I mean? Cause he's an amazing coach and he went through 18 years of recovery and he's been, uh, what do they call him? A, a, a sponsor to hundreds of people. So he's an amazing coach, you know? And so, um, that, that kind of opened up my eyes to that as well, you know? And I think that the other side of the hill is probably closer to an integrator. Sounds like. What about you, Zach? Uh, my biggest pain point, I kind of have two with the two different, uh, focuses. So with Apex, mainly I do sales. My biggest struggle with that has been keep keeping up. There's just there's so much there's so much stuff taking my time away. It's follow up, and then it's reaching out to my current clients to make sure that they stay with us for life and they're they're enjoying they're loving Apex. And then it's on top of that, it's it's just it's so much. So what what I'm doing right now is I'm actually hiring an assistant to help me with that. Yeah. Um, to take off the stuff that. Like I'm only going to do the stuff that only I can do. I'm mm-hmm. going to delegate everything else to them. And it, it may be a little bit of a learning curve teaching them that all that stuff, but it's necessary. It really is necessary because if I'm, I'll max out at my level right now, mm-hmm. I can't really go much further. Automation. So I, I got to figure out automations, but I think my assistant's going to be able to help me with that too. Well, and it's just like he just said, he, he went through that, right? And so the person that you hire for that needs to be the coach, you know, or needs to be the account manager, right? The person, cause you got to look at your, your biggest talent and you're, you're not the young closer for nothing, right? So your talent is closing. So it sounds like your assistant needs to be the one keeping up with your clients I mean, and so maintaining that relationship. Yeah. Maintaining the More relationship. Service, cause I, I can do the sales. I can do right. the heavy lifting, but it's, it's the customer service. It's reaching out to, to my renewals and just be like, Hey, you're still good. You want to go another year? 
um, stuff like that. Yeah, I think, what did you say, you went from 2.4 to 4.8? Like, basically I'm, I'm doubled? On pace, I'm on pace to... 4.8? To do 4.8, probably mm -hmm. 5. Yeah, so... Because uh, <laughs> the, last, the last three months, Q4 is always our biggest quarter. It's, it's yeah. when people are like... Tax, taxes. Year, I didn't <laughs> hit my goals. I, I see this group winning. Mm -hmm. I need to be a part of Apex. Not only that, mm -hmm. but I got a big tax bill coming. I need to get rid of some money some, some yeah. sort of way, so... Austin, I think you joined Q4 last year, right? Yeah. Yes, I think so. Yeah. If y'all haven't gotten this yet, everybody in this group's in Apex. So, <laughs> and it, it's it's not annoying. I'm not going to say that, but it is kind of annoying that we all have to go back to that. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was so cool. It all is. It's cool as Apex shit. speakers. Yeah. The last one dropped out, and he was the only non-Apex, and then yeah. he just filled it. I was like, let's yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> let's go. No, I it is awesome. It just, it, spe it speaks to the power of the group and the power of the people in the group, which really create the, the, the massive influence that creates. it creates. Yeah. What was your, what was your second one? The other one, uh, for Lone Star, I'm big mm -hmm. pain point for that. Um, just getting those systems. It's, it's really my first time hiring, training, stuff like that. So getting those systems and realizing it's, it's not going to be a hundred percent success rate. So right. the first couple, uh, our first five, I had one rock star. He's killing it. Absolutely crushing it. Mm -hmm. One dude that does good. And then three, just they kind of burned out. Mm -hmm. I know that's to be expected with sales, but while you're doing it, you forget about that. Yeah. Um, so I, I talked to another Apex executive, Mike Hanlon, and he was telling me about he's got 200 agents. He was splitting it up like these are the rock stars. These are the mm -hmm. good. And, and he, was say, he, he told me this. He said, you hire three people. One's going to be a rock star. One's going to be average. And one is going to waste, suck so much of your time. And on top of that, out of out of you get five rock stars so 15 total hires five rock stars four of them decide they want to go start their own stuff mm -hmm. um so those numbers it just it it reinforced that hey you know you're doing everything right just yeah split those systems up phase one phase two phase three get them the launch they need at each level and um that's it just just getting those in i'm i'm real excited about that stuff yeah I really am it's it, it's hard because we're 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 trained in Apex and the different masterminds we're in and by each other to be givers, and so when we see somebody struggling, we want to help them, right? But you ha that's why I said you have to create the sales program and let the sales program do the work because if you're investing all that time in the people that that aren't producing are and are going to leave anyways because it's not for them, then your rock stars and your average salesperson, which like I said, I, I, I take five of those average people over five rock stars because I know I can build something with them. You know what I mean? Uh, and then that's not to say like the rock star is destined to do that. If you have an amazing sales program, they're not going to go anywhere because of the culture, you know. But uh, that's another thing Mike was talking about is he's like, there's different ways that you can you can make that average person become a rock star with different sales trainings. And you, mm -hmm. can, you can keep maybe. Um, two of those five rock stars with mm -hmm. the culture. So there's different things that you can add in there. Yeah. But it's just pretty cool, man. Just cause, cause I have to become a different person. I have to become a better leader and a better manager and a yeah. better systems guy in order to accomplish that. So it's, it's, it's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. Being challenged like that while you're producing in apex as well. <laughs> it's, it's, it's tough, man, but it, it's, that's one of my core core values is I'm willing to do what others won't in order to get what others can't. Mm -hmm. And that's the epitome of boat doing all yeah. everything on my plate. Like some days I come home and it's just like phone up, I'm done. But it's like yeah. that's that's what I need to recharge. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. What you got Keith? Mine's just being patient. You know, I oftentimes just jump head first. Mm -hmm. And uh, what that ultimately ends up doing is biting you in the ass. Yeah. Right. For every every five ideas I have, one's okay. But the other four suck so much life and, and money and time. That it's just me wanting everything today, but then also realizing there's steps you need to take to make sure once you get it, you can sustain it. Yeah. So my, mine's patience. Um, you know, we're still relatively new in the business, although we're, we're a decade in. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I still battle with that daily. Yeah. So that's a pretty quick answer. Yeah. No, I definitely understand that because, I mean, my, my biggest pain point was fulfillment. Um, and I'm not patient when it comes to that type of stuff. I, it, I build it up in my head how it should work. And, you know, I build out this beautiful system, right, because I'm a systems guy. And then we, we try and execute, but it's a business we don't know that well yet. 
So um, it's not the fulfillment is too slow. And so now I've got to kind of take 10 steps back, build out my own fulfillment and the patience I have to have for that and the capital <laughs> I have to have for that. Oh my gosh, I'm not used to this. You know, I'm used to just scaling so fast, you know, because the fulfillment's never been, we're always bringing the customers and then the client fulfills them, you know? So that's been, that's been pretty rough. All right. So we can, we can run through this next one. Uh, and I feel like it should be fairly easy because we all have people that we look up to, right? And at first the question was, if you had to shut down your business today and you couldn't own a business, who would you work for? But I, I wanted to get a more educational answer out of this one. And so if you had to work for someone else for six months, you know, you knew that you were going to go work for them for six months and then you got right back to your business. You were able to press pause on it. Nothing bad happened. Nothing good happened. Go work for this person for six months. So obviously you would be thinking, and, and maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you guys can tell me different, but I'm thinking I'm going to go work for someone that is going to give me an education I can't get from anyone else. Right. And so, uh, if you had to go work for someone else for six months, Austin, we'll kick it off with you. Um, who would it be? Um, the first person that I could think off off the top of my head would be, uh, Kurt Lennington. Uh, man, that dude, like he, he's kind of a reserved type of person. Doesn't talk a whole lot, but mm -hmm. like, the the team that he's built the company he's built the culture he's built is like it's like man like i, I want that you know yeah. and, and but i what i see out of it is like you know they don't they don't necessarily do like what i do as far as government roofing work right right you know they're more privatized commercial privatized residential stuff like that and i'm like man i want i want what they have in my company mm. you know and i i'm hoping that at some point in time in uh, in my life that i'm able to you know um, help people say like, you know, where they look at me and say, Hey, like I want that government work in my company, you know, and, and, and something like that. But mm -hmm. I just look at their company and, and how he does things and how he has so many leaders in place. And that's, I mean, they've got a I can machine. I, I can second that one too, because a lot, not a lot, but several things in the presentation that I gave today were solidified by him, you know, and we, I didn't know it until he got up there on that stage and walked through his whole, you know, process for building a great culture. Um, but we aligned so much, you know what I mean? And he, he just had the 4.0 and the 5.0 of what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, bring it on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. What about you, Chris? Uh, I would probably say Bobby Castro. Okay. You guys hear Hell yeah. MDM? Yeah. Dude, that guy is passion, man. I, well, I was, he's the only one that Ryan Stewart pays to mentor him. So right. that's exactly. No offense to Ryan, clues. but I feel like Ryan's so generous with the shit that he puts out. I'm like, I could probably find everything that yeah. Ryan wants to teach people somewhere on the internet. He's it, just so generous with it. He just lets it all go. Right. Yeah. You know, he, trust me, he's got more value than that, um, mm -hmm. than what he's put out. Like I've, I've seen it and I guess build your machine is like a true testament to that. Cause that's what yeah. we all have been referring to all day. Yeah. But uh, Bobby is his mentor and when he spoke on stage and when he was off stage backstage, um, talking to like a smaller group, mm -hmm. um, I, I, I say this all the time. Passion isn't hurt. It's felt. Yeah. I could feel Bobby speaking to me. I was like, this dude puts it on for sure. Every value that he has inside of him, I could tell is with good intent. Mm -hmm. Like, and he, and he sold his business for what, like 400 million. Something like that. I'm like, yeah, he probably knows something. Oh, a billion. A billion. Oh, a billion. Billion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Bobby. <laughs> Wherever you are, Put man. Put some respect on it. I'm trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, so that's the guy. No, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't know if any of y'all were there for um, the new Apex members event. They did like a lunch and everything for him. Yeah. We took our energy drinks over there and then Tyler uh, Dozier was like, hey, why don't you jump in on, on Bobby's speech here? And it was just for the new Apex members. And I was like, heck yeah, I'll jump in there. And you're right. Like, you know, I'm saying six feet away from him. I can feel it. Like you said, oh, yeah. I can feel his passion, you know, yeah, when he talks. You can, he didn't even have to talk. If you just, if you recorded a video of him talking to the group mm -hmm. and then you muted the video, but you just saw his actions. Body language. you yeah. like, I don't know what you're saying right now, but. Like I'm trying to find a transcript or something right because <laughs> like this is I could tell that it's yeah. good. I can tell it's good. So in, in a lot of what he talked about in that that chat, because um, it was very fireside chat style Q and A type deal, and it was really cool. Um, was people? Yeah, it's all his people. And 
And it was just, you know, you, you see all the billionaires and, you know, Elon Musk and stuff like that. And you just, in your head, you're telling yourself a bullshit excuse of, oh, they fucked somebody over or they did something. They're part of the Illuminati. You know what I mean? <laughs> something like that. Yeah. There's a reason that they were able to do this. And then you have some, you have somebody in front of you that actually did sell a company for a billion dollars and is a, you know, I, I don't know technically how that works, but I imagine he's a billionaire and he's just like, it's the people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just the the people you have investing in them. This is how we build our culture. And I'm like, some bitch is the same thing that everybody else has been saying. And, you know, here he is validating it. I feel like there's a lot of like successful business people that put a bad name out there for successful business people. Right. And they've done stuff on the back end in the wrong way, but they're also flashy. And they're also like, say pretty rogue statements at times and that's why they get that notoriety so a Mm. lot of these people are the people of influence that we know because they're so you know off base with some of the comments or some of the way that they carry themselves Mm. um so we know those those people to be the famous business owners but what we don't realize is that the highly highly successful ones like very very successful a lot of them we we don't even know who they are Mm -hmm. because they're not that person right and they've made good decisions their whole life. And people like to talk about controversy. People like mm-hmm. to talk about negatives, right? Yeah. And they're not those people, but they exist. We just don't know them as, as well as we see some of these lesser quality people, I guess, yeah. in, in the spotlight. So it's very true. Uh, they, it, it's the news. It reports on the negatives, not the positives. Absolutely. What about you, Zach? You're already working for Ryan Stuman, So I'm, I'm already <laughs> working for the go. I'm, I'm gonna go with Kurt Lennington too. Um, so I've, I've had the pleasure of, of not only talking to Kurt pretty often, but also a couple other people that he recommended for Apex executives. He sent them over to me and I, I was talking to him. Hey, what, what do you do? What did you used to do? How do you know Kurt? And it was two very impressive guys. And they said, I, I used to be an executive VP, regional VP at, at LA Fitness. And I thought that was, I, I thought that was so, there's, there's no way that's a coincidence. So I asked Genius him, I, recruiting. Like, I, I, I asked him, I said, what, some of the most impressive leaders that I've met, Kurt, Tony, a lot of the guys at Linear, and then I'm talking to, to these guys, these referrals, and I'm like, dude, I'm just blown away, like y'all are studs, like, there's, there's no way that's a coincidence. What bread did, did LA Fitness attract y'all did they breed y'all like what what is it and <laughs> what factory are you coming from because i need to find some yeah. <laughs> Not because I, I, I didn't know if they attracted top talent because the opportunity was so good or if they made that they they built them um and he said dude they, they built them it, it's it's the old la fitness it's not the new one it's mm-hmm. different they brought it i think they got bought out or something like that yeah um but the old one they 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 preached um, leadership and pouring into you. And he gave me uh, well done the book. Well done. Mm-hmm. And that's helped me because I'm, I'm so hard on not only myself, but other people that it, I, I love everybody. I'm, I'm proud of them and I want them to win, but it's sometimes it comes off as negativity. So just letting people know like positive reinforcement, it talks about how to, how to, how they trained Shamu at, at SeaWorld mm-hmm. because it's, it's a seven ton, whatever it is, 7,000 pound animal you can't you can't hit it because it's gonna kill you it's, it's, it's positive reinforcements they, they put a they put a rope in the water and, and it's deep in the water and every time the whale comes over the they give it food and they pat it and they they learn it's other all stuff positive other than just just food and they just start raising that rope um so well done 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by mm-hmm. john c maxwell he recommended that book another one was um 13 fatal errors that managers make so he, he just started rattling these off and he's like, dude, those books were like our Bible while we were at LA Fitness. And these are very, very impressive dudes. But um, Kurt, by far, I, I, I think he was the most, I know he was the most impressive to me. And I'm just, I'm amazed at what he's built and the way he carries himself and coming from an immigrant immigration background. He came illegally from South Africa, has an accent, looks like a James, James Bond enemy villain character. And he's mm-hmm. just... He's just a hell of a dude, so I don't I, I don't mean to I don't know like ride him like that. <laughs> <laughs> he's just, he, he impresses me, and it's 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 real difficult to impress me, and and that's who that's who I would go learn from. Yeah, 100%. and it, it's it's kind of crazy, and and so now we got to do a reel for Kurt. 
know what I'm yeah. saying? And we're going to put this out there for him. And um, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, he absolutely will see it. He's going to say, who's this dude riding my ass? Yeah. <laughs> Get off my ass, man. No. Um, it, it, that's pretty crazy that like we all kind of have that sentiment. So that's awesome. What do you got, Keith? I, I picked, a type, and I don't necessarily have a specific okay. person, but uh, Andy Frisella, Ed Milet, someone of that stature. Okay. Uh, and, and the reason isn't for who they are, it's what they've accomplished. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of their story coming from uh, mediocre, you know, whatever you want to call it, to uh, this big icon with a huge company, right? Mm-hmm. And, and not necessarily the how, but I, I want to I witness the work. Yeah, and I think that's a misconception, right? People want to know, oh, how'd you do that? Well, I talked to Big Marv. Oh, let me yeah. talk to Big Marv. Well, yeah. What about all the other shit that came up to that point? Right? right. So that's my thing. It's always been, I want to get in the gutter and see you. How did you put this shit together? Mm-hmm. And then what was the effort, and, and what did it look like? Yeah. It, to me, that's it's more important than than the who. No, that's that's massive, and I agree with all those answers a hundred percent. Um, and I, and I like what you're saying too, because you still put in those 16 hour days, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And then the knowledge that you put into the 16 hour days made his automation blow up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So 100%. like you're giving all the credit to him, like is what you talked about serving leadership, yep. but that's, that's everything that was in here. You put it into his automation and it lit up like wildfire. So that's yeah. massive. So like to Keith's point, man, there, there wouldn't be, you know, 8,000 leads in the pipeline had I not been on social media for six years prior. Exactly. You know, but then knowing the people, finding them, they can actually make it work for you. Mm-hmm. It's important. It is in, you know, we've referenced a lot of books and, um, you know, and then, and that's why I'm asking too, because it's like, man, these, these people that have done these amazing things and so many people want to get in front of them and it becomes this like celebrity type deal, you know, when it would be so much more beneficial just to read their fucking book. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, yeah. Like that's where you're going to really learn, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, the, 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 still the misconception is like I can read that book and then. Oh, it, hell no. Right. And, and, and the people, like to your point, it's like six years of, of putting weird shit on Instagram has paid off. Yeah. But if you didn't do that, you wouldn't have had the 4,000 leads to give Marv to get to this point. Right. right. So I think, you know, we're, the society today is like, I want to push a button and I want it in my lap, right? Amazon. Yeah. yeah. I think we're, we're all married, right? Well, might as well be married. Yeah. <laughs> push button shit's delivered to my doorstep the next day. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that fucking easy. Yeah. Right? And, but we take that to business. Like this shit should work. Why is it not working? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know about you guys, but do you feel like your ability to like grow in grow in, in, I guess let's just call it dollars. Cause that's a simple metric to measure. Do you think that that's kind of like a logarithmic thing? Like you suffer for so long and you put in so much work for so long that you finally see a little uptick and then eventually like what you make in, in a week mm-hmm. is what you fought for last year for all year long. And it, and then that week turns into be nothing. It's like the next, the next, I don't know, six months later, that week was like nothing in comparison to what you're, mm-hmm. you know, do you think it's cause I, I feel like everyone thinks that their, that their, their work ethic is going to match their income. And it's like, it's so far from the truth. Like yeah. we, what Keith was saying, like I put in hours and hours and hours in the Starbucks coffee shop pirating their Wi-Fi Cause I didn't have it. Right. And I did that after I got off of my other job and I did that for years right? Mm -hmm. In order to get just started on this business, right? And then it wasn't, it's doing well, but like now it's really starting to take off, but Mm -hmm. it's that effort on the bottom line for so long, who can withstand that? And then eventually it starts to take off, but it's, it's not necessarily like, I thought it'd be gradual. I thought it'd be linear. You know, the amount of effort you put in equals the dollars that you're going to get out. And it's not true. It's compounding. Compounding. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. At least I've seen it that way. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and I always like, I caution guys that are younger than me and even guys that just have been in business less time than me because you, you have that compound effect, right? Happen. And, and sometimes it happens too fast for us. You know, it, it, it took, I think you said six years for you and you're kind of at that point now where you're, you know, you're skyrocketing for me, it, it took like a year. <laughs> it was not long. You know what I'm saying? Cause 
for whatever reason, I had a talent for systems and delegating and getting myself out of that sales role immediately. I only knocked doors for three months and that was it. And so, um, but where that, where that fucked me is I thought, oh, it's going to be easy now. Yeah. Now I'm, now I made it, you know what I mean? And so that, 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 so I, I see a lot of our guys in, in our, our network, especially, and I'm like, all right, you know, you're doing really well, but are you putting something away? Are you putting, you know, um, emergency systems in place, not just you're money. talking about me right now. What's that? You're talking about <laughs> me right now. No, no. We're fixing, I mean, that's, we're fixing that's, it, big dog. That, but seriously, it, though. It, it literally, is. I didn't have any relationships. I had uh, a business that was like ready to just fall apart. You know what I mean? And so when it did fall apart, it was just me again. And then so for the past, you know, six years or not, what am I, 36? Yeah, for the past six years, I've been going through that grind again that you're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And then I decided to switch to solar. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah, let me dump 300 grand into this thing. I have, you know, no knowledge of the construction side of it, but I'm a sales company, so I can scale. I'm not worried about it. And, you know, I'm finding out something else right now. You know what yeah. I mean? And, uh, but, but I, I've, I've, I've been through it, you know what I mean? So I know that there's a prize at the end. Can't, do I have the endurance to get to it though? You know what I mean? And I'm, pouring all that knowledge that I learned over the past 16 years back into it now. And, uh, I'm actually enjoying it for the first time in a long time. So the person that I would work for is, is, is Gary V. And I know y'all all gave very practical, like people, you know, but, um, for, for me, what he talked about was, and, and I know it's so cliche, but he actually explained it in a way that I understood a lot more like in, enjoy this moment because this is the height of your creativity when you're challenged be beyond beyond all common sense. You know, nobody understands like why you're doing this and why not just execute at a six figure level and 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 be good. Why try and build this multi million dollar business? And uh, but you'll you'll never be more creative than when your back's against the wall. You know, and so most of us are wartime generals when our back's against the wall. We explode go to war yeah we go to war yeah that's a that's a good uh good good way to put it and uh and i am i'm genuinely enjoying every day being challenged and i and i do i come to my wits end you know and you probably had those moments too and so uh i'm excited for the rise back up you know uh and then and then yeah along the way doing stuff like this and getting to teach and stuff so you had something to add uh, man, I was just saying, like, uh, I mean, you you really were kind of talking about me, you know, because I, for uh, 15 years of what I was working in the roofing industry, working for other companies, I busted my ass and just like was grinding, but still living paycheck to paycheck, you mm-hmm. know, and not necessarily my own doings, but, you know, just lay out circumstance. with me, the yeah. circumstances yeah. and, you know, we, uh, we start, my wife and I started our business December of 2020. And the first job out of the gate was $162,000 job that I made like 70 grand on, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, Oh, I'm this the, is I'm, it. <laughs> I'm like, wow, I got 70 grand in the bank. Like, and I have, you know, we're working out of our house, everything like that. Yeah. And, you know, and we scaled so quick, but it, I didn't scale so quick just because of, uh, of who I was. It's because of all the work I put prior to that, right, right. Um, you know, and the work ethic I put in because of that. And, you know, we did 3.2 our first year mm-hmm. and, you know, we made a lot of good money, but we also made a lot of dumb mistakes. And, but a lot of it was because I was just, I wasn't, I didn't know what I didn't know, right. you know, and, and now it's to that point, like we're having to step back, take a couple steps back, you know, so we can reassess and readjust that way we can take 20 steps forward. Mm-hmm. But with all that, that knowledge now, you have a focus, you're intentional about it, and you're making an impact where you want to make an impact. Yeah. And uh, one of the, you know, Wayne, Wayne said this the other day in our quarterly that I told you guys about that we have, those masterminds, he was like, you know, all this, this shiny stuff is really cool, like, you know, spending 30 grand on marketing or something like that. But he was like, I'd rather my guys make that out in the field. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's different when you start getting people focused and it usually happens later on in your career 
because you're so focused on the business, building the business, not necessarily making much money, but beating other everybody else, you know what I'm saying? And, and so then when you become people focused, you're like, okay, I'm going to do, you know, 1.5 million this year, but damn, my people, I have a 90% retention rate right now. You know, it used to be 10, you know what I'm saying? Like, and my average income for one of my sales reps is 74 grand. You know what I mean? Like the impact is so much better now per person than it was before when I had a hundred making 36 grand on average, you know what I mean? And so that's a big uh, transition that you make as you get further and further into business. So it's really cool. So the, the last piece I've had um, Keith on the podcast, I've had you Austin on the podcast and I talk about building an intentional legacy uh, all the time now. So, you know, my listeners know what mine is. And so I was very curious for uh, Zach and Chris, you know, we'll start with Zach. What does legacy mean to you? And what kind of legacy are you going to leave behind? And I'm mainly curious of your answer because you're 22 years old. So, yeah. Legacy. That's tough. I think legacy is one of those things that it's just like it's it's overarching. It's it's so big. Um, it's 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 really hard to to put into words. But I've thought about it a ton. Um, what legacy is to me is is really what people remember you as. And I'm. I'm just a very logical person, so I, I love reverse engineering everything. I've reverse engineered my girlfriend. I've reverse engineered my, you know, what my day looks like, and I've, I've reverse engineered my legacy too. So whenever I think about down the line, what are what, what are my what are my grandkids going to be able to tell their kids? Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm not there, what are they going to say? And um, it's just I I, I just kind of want I I want to impact so many people. I just want I just want to be I want to be the dude. I want to be the dude that creates other dudes. Um, I want to, I want to be a best-selling author. I want to be, dude, I've thought about becoming an IFBB pro and I'm, I'm I've always been skinny, but it's like the, the sky makes the, the best limit. pros, by the way, when you, when you build your muscle, your physique is perfect for it. It just takes time, but you can you, you keep going. I'm just saying you do, <laughs> I, 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 you do well. I already, I already saw, I trained, I trained him Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays. So yeah. like you could do it. But so it's, it, I'm, I'm just thinking about all this stuff. It's just like, I, I just want to live life. I want to travel on every, I, I want to go to every country. Mm-hmm. I just want to, I want to, I want to be like the, the most interesting, like the Dos Equis dude. I want to be like, <laughs> I, I just, I, that's really what I want. Zach Sasser, the most the interesting dude. man. And, and I want people to, I want to, I want to help so many people. Like I just, I, I want to put out the stuff that I've learned the way that my mind tries to make things so simple and reverse engineer everything. Mm -hmm. And I just want to put that out into the world and and help as many people as possible. Y'all were talking about, you said a hundred million. What'd you say before that? You said 1 million and then you hit 1 million. So you said a hundred million after that. Um, What what Ryan taught me was you can't say a hundred million because you'll, you'll hit that. Mm -hmm. You need something that you'll never hit. So what will you never hit? as many people as possible mm-hmm. because there's always going to be one more person that you can get out there and go help. So that, that's my legacy. A legacy is, is short story, something that people remember you as. And I want people to remember me as just helping a ton of people and just, just being, being the dude, live, living life, making yeah. the most out of life. Being the dude that creates other dudes. <laughs> being the dude that creates yeah, other dudes. That's, that's quote. That's going to be quoted. And I love it. You know what I mean? Cause it, it does that that hits your demographic they know what you're saying you know what i'm saying like they know what you're saying you know what i'm saying <laughs> what about you chris yeah. um i think my my legacy kind of goes it, it falls in line with my big ambitious goal for life which um zach said you know impact 100 million lives mm-hmm. um and the only reason I'm assigning a number to it is because like before I said, I want to change a million lives. Now I have a few million followers on social accounts. So I'm like, well, maybe I changed yeah. one in three of those lives already. So maybe I got to bump that number cause I'm 29, you know, so right. I got some more time to do this. Um, so I keep increasing that number, but Zach's right. There really is no limit to it. My legacy is like, I worked so hard for so long and I know that I'm going to keep doing that every single day because that's where I find fulfillment. I talked in in a speech earlier about how I don't want to go on vacation because I know I could be changing lives like in that moment where I would be in the pool drinking a margarita. I could be changing somebody's life and it's Mm -hmm. happened in a moment. So why would I want to if I had the the alternative of or the ultimatum of 
go drink that margarita in Mexico or change this person's life. I'm choosing the life every single time. And I'll say that it, we should all t- take a break when we need it. We should all go on vacation. But right, right. My, my superpower is, is an endless fuse, man. I, mm-hmm. I don't shut off until I tell myself to. I'm not the smartest guy in the world. I don't have the most resources, but I can work really hard. That's what I'm good at. So I'm going to keep working because that's what I like to do. And because of that, I've never had many friends. Apex is the first group of friends that I've had in a very, very long time. And I don't mm-hmm. say that lightly. Like I literally, no, that's, that's real. I can't think of a yeah. person that I would bring to my wedding and call my best man. Like I never had that in, in my circle. And, um, the reason is because I don't live my life for myself. I feel, I feel like my life is a life of servitude for other people. I've yeah. given up my life for other people. I choose to live that way. I'm going to continue to live that way. My legacy would be when I die, even though I don't have any friends, I still have a lot of people that show up to my funeral mm-hmm. and I feel like that's a, that's going to be, or a lot of people that tune into my funeral. Right. And, and I don't care to have a lot of people there, but I just want to know at least somebody saw that there was this group of people over here, however many there mm-hmm. are that actually were actually touched enough to where they wanted to tune in and pay their respects. Right. Right. And I, and I want to, I want that to be my legacy as well, because I think that if you live with, that intention in your life, your family is going to, f- they're going to, they're going to follow that path. You know, so, 100%. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to add something, um, onto that is because you, you can't even quantify the amount of people's that of lives that you've changed. Cause I'm thinking about me. We train Monday, Wednesday, Friday, every single morning. And yeah, you know, I, I get a lot of fitness stuff. Of course, you're going to learn a lot of fitness stuff from an IFBB pro. But I get a lot of like life advice and mindset and mm-hmm. working through my demons and stuff like that. Yep. And you, you can't even quantify like, like I go home to my girlfriend and how, how do I affect her? I guarantee you the stuff that I learned Monday, Wednesday, Friday, me getting up early in the morning, uh, getting my shake in me and getting on the road. I guarantee you that changes her life. Mm-hmm. I guarantee mm-hmm. you that it changes, you know, my, my mom and my dad and, you know, all these other people that you can't even quantify that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's definitely a, it's like a spider web that moves outward, right? Like yeah. any, any good quote that I've ever read, like whoever wrote that book doesn't know that I've repeated that quote in some speeches that has resonated with so many more people. Right. right. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. You, I put the number out there just as something big to look at yeah. and be like, that's what I'm going to hit. Do I know if I'm going to hit it? Who, who the hell knows? Yeah. You know, but, but you, you have a measurable, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you realized your, your first big hairy goal was too small mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So now, now you got another one, right. which is awesome. Yep. Now I appreciate y'all's answers and, and being vulnerable with that. Um, I've been really, you know, we all have our first book that we're going to put out. Right. And I think mine's going to, my second one's going to be about legacy, you know, and it's weird that I'm thinking about this one so much and I haven't even written the first one, <laughs> you know, but um, it's because that the building great sales team stuff comes easy to me. Like that, is a simple system that I work off of and I can, I can, I don't even need the presentation. It's just a cool visual. And so, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll mention them again. Philip Sessions challenged me to do a talk on legacy because I had been so interested in it. So I, I developed this, this structure cause I, I have to, I'm a visual person. I need a structure. You know, if, if I'm going to build an intentional legacy, then I need to know what that looks like, you know, visually. And so, what I built out is, and I built it on the silhouette of an oak tree. And because, uh, you know, that, that is where I want to, that's where I want to end up, you know, somewhere on my land. Um, my family meets around an oak tree and they talk about how to continue the the leg. And it's not my legacy. It's their legacy now, but how do they continue it? You know, they're, they're barbecue and it's family reunion, whatever the case is, but there's certain leaders in the family that are like, Hey, we need to continue this legacy and the, the foundation of that legacy. And, and I always get two answers. Some are tangible and some are intangible, but the intangible is typically values, right? That's the foundation of legacy. Right. And then, you know, and we talk about in our business, our core values in our business, our personal core values. And, and to me, the, the, the values fuel the purpose, the purpose fuels the, uh, the things, right? So you got the values at the bottom of the pyramid <laughs> and the funny how everything works out that way. It's a pyramid scheme, right? Uh, you got the values at the bottom. That's the foundation. And, uh, that's how you operate your purpose, right? Your purpose is your work. Your, 
purpose is your fitness coaching. Your purpose is break free academy, roofing, um, Thailand consulting, Roofco, right? That's what you're passionate about. And, and it, it, it can be barbecue. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm passionate about barbecue, right? Um, and mental health, you know what I mean? So those are my purposes within my legacy, right? And then, and then from the purpose come the things, you know, which is like, you know, my, my wife has a, a, a dresser from her great grandmother that's in the corner of her room. And that's something that she's going to hand down to my daughter. So those are the things, right? And uh, it's not the, you know, it's not going to be the, the watch or, you know what I mean? It's going to be these things that are worth 20 bucks, but they have the sentimental value, right? And so to me, it's a three-tiered system. It's the values, you pass on the values to your children and then the people that you affect, you know, and the, and the values and the purpose that you had is what brings them to the funeral. You know what I mean? Your family gets the stuff, right? The business, the financials, all that. Um, but the, the, the values and the purposes of what, what brings them and makes them tune in. I like that you said tune in too, because Chris, uh, Chris's funeral is going to be televised. So <laughs> be on Instagram. That's where I live. <laughs> All right. So real quick, uh, we'll just do Instagram. If you guys want to run through your handles real quick so that uh, everybody can connect with y'all. Uh, mine's Austin, the Texas roofer. Awesome. Mine's Chris Zizzo. It's K R I S Z I Z Z O. Mine's Sasser21, S-A-S-S-E-R-2-1. Keith Goss, G-A-U-S-E. All right, guys, these are the, the goats in their perspective area, so reach out to them. Uh, they're all go-givers, you know what I mean? So to a certain point, you reach out to them. Don't ask them to pick the brain. Just ask them a question if you need to, and, and they'll get to it when they can, or obviously you can hire any of them for their respective services. I appreciate you all doing this. It's at the end of, of a conference. We put everything into our, our keynotes and our speeches and then the whole event for you, Austin. And, uh, and then you guys still agree to do this afterwards. So I appreciate y'all for that. And uh, uh, let's get building. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Make sure you like, share, and leave a review wherever you consume podcasts and subscribe so you're notified when we release new content. Great sales teams aren't recruited. They are built brick by brick. Let's get building.